You're listening to All Over the Place, the official podcast of Media Pub Live, with your hosts, Eric Provoznik, Jim Culver, Marty Zamora, and Christine Leninger. Hi, everybody. This is Albert Bouchard from Blue Oyster Cult, and you are listening to All Over the Place podcast, where fun sanity never ends. Hello, and welcome back to All Over the Place, the official podcast of Media Pub Live. I'm your host, Eric Provoznik. And we're we're uh, we're a little little light on staff tonight, but the staff that's here is always fun. Jim Culver, how are you? I'm excellent, sir. And my best, Alfred Hitchcock. Good evening. <laughs> very nice, very nice. So Mar- Marty and Christine both both uh, not, uh, unable to join us this evening, but we have with us from the hinterlands of Western Pennsylvania, Brian Urso of Gideon's Mob. Welcome to all over the place, Brian. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Absolute pleasure. And uh, Brian, with, with Gideon's Mob, you, you guys are, uh, I, it's prog, prog rock, little little ambient rock. T- t- tell us uh, tell us here on All Over the Place a little bit more about Gideon's Mob. It's like, uh, it's definitely progressive rock with tinges of uh, little hints of fusion and some progressive metal as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, and a little bit of jazz thrown into it because uh, I've been playing professionally since 1991 and uh my first two bands were uh a bebop jazz band and um from then on then i went back into progressive rock which was always my first love so but yeah that's what gideon's mom is it's like a it's a party where pink floyd and miles davis are having a conversation with uh iron maiden so (laughs) sort of the best way to describe it that, that, cool. that's, that, that's 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 uh, that's one of those uh, places I like to be the fly on the wall for that conversation. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh and uh, one of the things I noticed, in, you know, checking out, and you guys are available on Spotify. And what, where else can uh, people listen to you? you know, either from a, uh, a streaming platform or uh, YouTube, anything like that. Uh, iTunes, Apple, uh, Spotify, um, uh, Bandcamp. Uh, where else? And uh, YouTube. You can find us in. Uh, the um, unmixed versions of the tunes are on SoundCloud. Okay. So you'll get like a little rough, rougher version on SoundCloud. Excellent. And, and for those of you who are only listening on one of our audio platforms, Gideon'sMob.com. So that's G-I-D-I-G-I-D-E-O-N-S-M-O-B-B-A-N-D-B-A-N-D, Gideon'sMobBand.com. I'll spell right. that a little bit, a little bit uh, better for people later. So, uh, but uh, uh, Brian, so what, what, what inspired you to uh, that, that whole, uh, that whole mix into the, that smorgasbord? Uh, just um, what were your influences and, and what led you to just put them all into one big stew? Well, my dad is awesome. My dad got me into music as a young kid. Um, he introduced me to the Beatles and Pink Floyd and um, Led Zeppelin and, um, from there, you know, you get into that uh, rabbit hole where then you discover bands like Yes and Jethro Tull and Rush. And it just, it's endless. And um, on at the same time, he also got me into people like Miles Davis and John Coltrane and um, George Benson, uh, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's own George Benson. Um, That's right. And... Um, Later on, when I got into guitar, it, it was just like a 
a big uh, candy store of of influences for me to get into. You know, um, it. Uh, I, th I think the, the biggest thing for me that I loved about progressive rock is that every song is a story. No matter if the song is three minutes or thirty minutes, just it takes you somewhere and it and, and it leaves you there. It's, it's pure escapism and it's in its um in its most naked form. It just that's why I love best about progressive rock. You know, uh, you don't get that in, in pop rock as much. You know, uh, you definitely you don't get that in, in in my experience. You don't get that with hip hop or rap. But mm -hmm. progressive rock, you definitely get taken to a place that doesn't exist on this planet you know that's the best way to describe it so i, I what what my goal is with with gideon's mob was to let people escape from this crazy world we live in even if it's three minutes you know or eight minutes you know it just that's the whole point of progressive rock and and uh and the whole genre you know so mm -hmm. that, that's how i approach it and you mentioned guitar and with all these other different influences whether it's miles or, or george benson what else do you do? Singing, horns. What what else is on your on your palate? Uh, you mean for me to play or yeah, uh, um, all of the above. I, well, I, I do play uh, uh, keyboards um, and bass, um, but but that's it. You know, the uh, guitar, bass, and keyboards are my my main instruments. I I would love to get into playing the sitar. I, I've been <laughs> thinking about that. I heard it's a bitch to learn. She's my French. But <laughs> I heard it's very complicated, but I. The Beatles are my favorite band of all time, and um, to me, they're the uh, progenitors of uh, progressive rock. You know, you listen to Revolver, and you listen to uh, Sgt. Pepper's. Um, it, that's progressive rock in its infancy. Mm -hmm. That's where it started. Um, and uh, George Harrison is one of my favorite guitarists, and that sitar always gets me right in the chest. So I've been... I haven't pulled the trigger on it yet, but I think eventually I'm going to get into sitar too. So I cheat now. I have a a pedal that sounds like a sitar. Um, okay. <laughs> so on on one of the tracks from the first album, um, uh, it's called Iowa Suite. Um, there's a sitar in that, but it's my guitar, and I'm cheating big time. Uh, but I would like to learn how to play it definitely. Well, f fake it until you can actually get it. You know, proficient. Absolutely. Absolutely. And as someone, as a good Western Pennsylvania who has a uh, an accordion sitting a couple of yards from me, it's never too late to start and figure out the next instrument in your life. No, absolutely not. I have um, uh, fans that are like in their 30s or 40s, and I love them to play guitar. I'm like, well, this, just start. You know, you, no, no one's saying you're, you're going to be Jimmy Page. You know, just pick it up and have fun with it. That's the whole point of it, you know? That's and uh, my guitar, which is a couple of feet from the accordion, I'm still the same. <laughs> Player that I was 30 years ago when I got the guitar. So yeah, I just right. just play. Do you have fun? That's that's it. I'm three well, quarters of the truth. What more do I need? Right. I know I'm not going to be George Harrison. I know I'm not going to be Jimmy Page. Right. I'll I'll barely be. Oh, I don't even know who would. I'll barely be Billy Joe. So if right. But uh, yeah, so just plant plant just yeah. Pick up an instrument, play it. Doesn't matter when you start. Absolutely. So you mentioned well, we're talking about prog, progressive uh, rock, progressive metal. Tonight's threefer. We've got a threefer with our guest. Okay. And uh, we're, it's our three favorite progressive rock bands. And our okay. plus one is just 
try as you might, it's just some a band you can't get into, no matter what popular, right? Uh, you know, conventional wisdom might say, just can't do it. But we're we're, we're starting on the positive tip. All right, the, the three positives. Brian, we're going to go to you first. You're number three. Your your bronze, however you want to go. So you want to go? Okay, bronze. Okay, um, three, two, one, one, two, three. It's it's uh, it's no, all over the place. You do what you want. Three, two, one's good. For my third, I picked um, uh, uh, King Crimson. Oh, I love King King Crimson. Um, I uh, I've been listening to them since oh the nineties, and uh, it's just one of those bands that you either love or you hate. I think I and uh, you know after the Beatles gave us Revolver and Sgt. Pepper's, um, they were the and the Moody Blues, who I also love, did um, you know uh, Days of Future Past, the first shot heard around the world in, in progressive rock that really nailed it was King Crimson. Um, so they're they're my third pick, and I, lo- I love Robert Fripp. He's an amazing guitarist, and. Uh, a funny story. I had the, um, you know, that cameo, those things where you can get people to say something, those famous people. You yeah. Know, they, they, I saw Robert Fripp on there and I asked him to do like a little plug for Gideon's mob. And he said, I can't, I don't do that. He said, but I heard you're playing and it's just amazing. And I said, that's it. I can die tomorrow. I'm good. <laughs> that's that's, that, that's in the memory bank up top. You, you don't need to have that recorder for anybody. Absolutely. That was, that was just, Fantastic. I have it in writing though, so that's good. Wow. That's, my, that's my number that's my number three pick. Yeah, Robert Fripp, much love Tony. We saw Tony Levin earlier this year with uh oh. Peter Gabriel. That, that guy's just sick. I met him once in um 1997. He was playing for SEAL. What a nice guy. Nice guy, but man, that guy can play. It's like he has eight figures. It's crazy. <laughs> I saw them. I saw King Crimson finally um, three years ago, and there were uh, nine people in the band. It was it was insane. Three drummers. It was absolutely insane. Three drummers. Yeah, it was Gavin Harrison from uh, Porcupine Tree and two other guys. I forget, but man, it was it was amazing. So that's that's my number three pick. So Jim, you go ahead. All right, Jim, over to you for your number three. Okay, so I'm going to preface this by saying I'm probably coming to this from a bit more of a normie perspective than you guys are. So, you know, grain of salt and all that. Uh, this my, my first pick is a band that I, I – it's, it's funny. I don't really think of them as prog rock. I think of them as classic rock, but they really are prog rock, and that's Kansas. Oh, I love that band. Absolutely love them. Uh, so many great tunes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, Carry On, My Wayward Son, Point and No Return. I just – I get lost in those. Oh. It's like it's like like you said, Brian. You can just you can just get lost in these and just kind of just lose yourself for a few minutes and not even think about anything. And I absolutely Kansas is one of those bands that just their their tunes just I, they just carry me away for for three good good three four five minutes of my life and well, absolutely those love them. Albums, those first six albums are absolutely amazing. Not mm-hmm. not one bad track on any of them. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I don't think I, I mean, I've never heard a bad Kansas song in my life, but uh, yeah, no, they're 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 absolutely fantastic. And uh, like I said, it's hard for me to get my head out of like just thinking of them as classic rock because that's kind of the box that I put a lot of '70s rock bands into. But no, they're absolutely a fantastic prog rock band. So oh, absolutely, absolutely. And growing up in the Midwest, the Cleveland area, that, that's they are they're stuck there. And I never went beyond that. So right. to, it's, they're, they're classic rock and it's, uh, 
for better or worse. And just one of these days, I'll, I'll get around to digging more because I, I do like point of no return. Yeah. Wayward son. And I've, I've just heard that too many times, but I'll take point of no return as my starting point and go from there to Dell. You have to go like the songs like The Wall from the, from the uh, uh, Magnum Opus album. Uh, it's just amazing. I mean, you, you got to listen to the tracks that aren't on the radio. Right. Yeah. Because right. that's, they're just killer. Absolutely killer band. Well, with a, with a little uh, belated uh, rest in peace to, to the, the ultimate uh, album rock guy, the deep cut guy, freeform radio for Jim Ladd, rest yeah. in peace. And you know, I'll, I'll do a little digging on Kansas. I'll, I'll just do some deep cuts, go, go off, yeah. the, uh, off the beaten path. Uh, for me, and first I want to give, I want uh, since Christine's not with us tonight, I want to give it, uh, she it was one of my honorable mentions. I'm pretty sure she was going to bring it up, but you, you mentioned them earlier, uh, Brian, but uh, Porcupine Tree. Yeah. 21st Century Prague. And I didn't know anything about them, but Christine is a fan. And because we were starting to share playlists and everything, just inf we're infecting each other's music, <laughs> musical tastes. And, uh, but Porcupine Tree, I've really, really enjoyed them. And for me, uh, as a, as a public enemy fan, I was drawn to the fear of a blank planet. Oh yeah. And that song is just phenomenal. Turn it up. Cool. And speaking of turning it up, I'm going to go with my, my number three will be Genesis. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I, 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 I've got to admit the, the, the Peter Gabriel Progier stuff, everything before, uh, like before uh, Lamb Lies Down on Broadway, Finding it difficult to get into. Just it, to me, it was just a little too arty for me. Yeah. And just the strings, the piano, all that. And, but but irony of ironies, Peter Gabriel goes solo. I, I prefer him solo to Phil mm -hmm. Collins' solo years. But I prefer yeah. Phil Collins' Genesis to the Peter Gabriel. Genesis. Okay, so you, you you flipped it. Okay, I I, I flip it exactly. But yeah. uh, but Genesis. But but what I like about that, and for me, I I. I too much of a pop rock sensibility right as long as it i've got to be in a very very good mood or, or just the right mood for a song to go beyond seven eight minutes right or even sometimes five six minutes uh but it's really got to engage me and genesis what i think they were able to do transitioning out from the peter gabriel years and that's when i came in when they're like follow you follow me getting radio play stuff like that in the in the late 70s and then into the early 80s with uh, Duke and Abacab and Genesis Genesis, the self-titled from 83. I, I still play that constantly. And uh, well, you listen to Duke and Duke, Duke showed the, the other prog rock bands that you can do three minute songs that are still progressive. Yeah. That's what's great about Duke. I love that album. It's a great album. Um, and, and then but what, you know, everything, here's the Catholic in me, everything in moderation. But, you know, when like uh, Home by the Sea, Second Home by the Sea, Domino Parts 1 and 2, Brazilian, uh, Dodo and Lurker. All good. Just a little bit at a time. I, I can be there for that more than six, seven, eight minutes. Right. I can go. I can go exploring with you. I, yeah, I did get a little bit more. But uh, that, that's on the Genesis, the self-titled album, the one song. Um, uh, uh, I got a name that one. Uh, you know, I got a name. I got, I a, got number. a number. Yeah. Um, um, what's it called? What's it? I got a line on you. I got a line. Yeah. Just, just a job to do. I think it's called just a job. There it is. Just yeah. a job to do. Yep. I always thought that would be a great bond thing. 
Yeah. Oh, I never think, thought about that. I yeah. think that, I think the producers, uh, Cubby Broccoli in, in the eighties, really dropped the ball on that. That would have been a great Bond thing. Ooh. Yeah, one of the few bands from that time who didn't uh, get a bond. Well, once you had Duran Duran, just set the bar way high for eighties oh, bands. That's a great, for bond great band. Absolutely. But that, but that's a different show, folks. We might do a bond theme later. But uh, for, but that Genesis, they're, they're my strong number three. Okay. So Brian, back to you for your number two, or your your silver, however you want to go. One my before I did my number two, my my uh, honorable mention, like a really close number four, almost made number three is Emerson Lake and Palmer. Mm -hmm. um, I I love that band. Um, Keith Emerson, uh, I broke down a lot of his solos on those albums and then transcribed them to guitar. A lot of his licks. Um, so if you hear my playing, sometimes people think it's kind of odd or different at times. It's because I, I learned a lot of his piano stuff and transcribed it. So my phrasing sometimes is a little bit more like an organ player. Um, and then sometimes it's more like a, a, a sax player because what, what's the, the problem with being a guitarist or an organist is that you have endless, almost endless endurance. You know, if, if you're a, a sax player, you can only do so many notes before you pass out, you know. So... Uh, <laughs> you can really bore people with long solos. So what Keith Emerson did and what I do is when I solo, I'll take a breath and, and whenever it's time to breathe out, then I'll stop and then give the, give some breath to the, um, to the solo itself. But that's what Keith Emerson did. And I love that band. And Greg Lake is one of the most amazing songwriters ever. Um, so they're my honorable mention close third or close fourth. Uh, but my number two is yes. Um, I love Yes. Um, my dad got me into Yes. Um, Steve Howe is one of the greatest guitar players ever to walk the earth. The guy can do anything. Um, and um, again, that's one of those bands that just take you somewhere and and you, you just, you, you can't believe that you're uh, where you're at. You know, you listen to songs like um, Awaken or Close to the Edge and even the more popular ones like Roundabout. Just, it's just amazing. That band... It's such a huge influence on me, and uh, and you and that everybody in that band were just stellar musicians, absolutely amazing. I I'm not going to say anything more right now, but I'm just going to nod my head and 100% agree. Okay. With so we, this is like Battleship. We already know what. what, <laughs> what, what, what Where is Eric Chris going to go next? Yes, there. Oh, there it is. <laughs> All right, but Jim, up to you now. Okay. Uh, my second pick is probably the only modern band on my list, uh, Muse. Ooh, good band. I think it's a fantastic English band. Uh, you know, you can definitely hear their all their influences in their, their music, but they really do something unique with that. They, they give everything kind of that intense driving tone. Uh, it's just every, every song is just absolute banger. And they there's so much variety within what they play. I mean, you listen to something like Starlight, which is which sounds like the theme from a fantasy movie, and then and then something like Psycho, which could be straight, straight out of a horror flick, you know, and they don't sound anything alike as far no. as you know the tone and everything. Just absolutely fantastic band. Every like I say every everything. I, I've never heard a bad song by them, and everything they do is every every tune they do is a little bit different, and it's just a ton of fun. Every album that I've listened to by them is just fantastic from top to bottom. I was I had a student, guitar student, about six years ago, 
who brought in a song and it was Muse. And I was like, man, who is this band? Holy shit, they're really good. Because I used to have students that bring in like the normal stuff where they bring in shit like Green Day or, you know, real easy, like, like or Nirvana, like songs that would take you like five minutes to learn and you're stuck with 15 minutes what to do with the student. But uh, this one student brought in this song. And I'm like, man, who the hell is this? They're really good. It was Muse. And I, I've been into them ever since. Man, what a band. What a good band. I, I can't believe I didn't even think to do it. Jim, that's an awesome call. Muse. Didn't even think to put them into a prog category. They're just. Yeah, absolutely. Just uh, of a different world. But yeah, that, that, I'm, I'm going to steal that as an honorable mention. That's awesome. I like that call. Love it. They also skirt the line between progressive rock and space rock. They have that little. They do. You know. There's For almost sure. a little bit of hawk wind in there that you can almost hear. So it's like it, it sort of floats back and forth. Great band, by the way. I love that band, Hawkwind, especially the Lemmy years. For Lemmy, M Marty's not here. We're usually doing a lot of toasting. For Lemmy. Well, my number two is um, we've already heard about was was someone else's number two or their silver. I go with yes as well. Being, uh, right, right now, I, I was spoon-fed the radio stuff, so I was getting the, the shorter versions of All Good People, uh, what's it, uh, uh, Roundabout, you mentioned that one. And then for me, more of my introduction to Yes was through the 90125 album, right? which not a lot of, lacking some of those original members from the, the, the Fragile and Close to the Edge and oh, great album. album phase. But 90125, to me, that's a perfect album front to back. Absolutely. Trevor is amazing. Just, it, it helps someone with, with me, the pop sensibilities. And then I was able to go back from right. there. And I, I and, uh, correct me, uh, Tales from Topographic Ocean. Did I get the title? Love of that, album, right? that album. Love that album. Oh, so good. Sid, you drop the needle on side one and it's five movements within just one song. I can deal with it. Yeah, yes, to me is one of the. They are the exception to the, the prog rule. Absolutely. You know, it's funny when they were doing Tales of Topographic Oceans, they wanted to record it in the wilderness, like out outside. Which, funny enough, Rush later did with with the song Trees. They they did that outside. But um, the uh, what they did was since they couldn't go out, uh, John Anderson brought in like plastic cows and like hay and like big <laughs> trees in the studio just to get this, I guess, a vibe going. But that was it. That's how they did the topographic oceans. I love Yes, man. That band is just amazing. And like you said, 90215, 901, whatever. I forget, I forget the name of it. But um, if it wasn't for Trevor Raven, that band would have been done. Because he really yeah. picked them up and said, this is what we're going to do now. And put them in this direction that you can do four-minute songs that are still proggy as hell. You know? Yeah. And it was such a great, such a great era too. Absolutely. And John Anderson, just one of the greatest voices. Oh, uh, whatever genre you want to go, John Anderson is the shit. Oh, you you hear him, you automatically know who it is. It's it, uh, it's like a painting that comes to life. Whatever he yeah. sings, you know. All right. Well, that, that that is my number two. Before we move forward, I just want to remind our listeners that you are listening to All Over the Place, the official podcast of Media Pub Live. And tonight we've got with us our guest from Gideon's Mob, Brian Urso. And Brian, I now turn it over to you for your number one or your gold medal. Of uh, my gold medal. Yes. When you said um, 
when you were kind of weird, and I said it's like a battleship. I thought your yes was going to be your can't stand. So I was kind of surprised. No, no. I was uh, I was relieved to hear that was your silver. Um, no, no, my I, was not, I was nodding my head with you. I was, uh, I was okay. Doing my I hope that's nobody's can't stand. A, yes, is freaking awesome, man. Yeah. Um, I, so my uh, gold uh, number one is Pink Floyd. Um, Pink Pink Floyd. Uh, I mean, they started out psychedelic and space rock, but then they turned into progressive rock and. That band is just amazing. Roger Waters and David Gilmore, Rick White, um, and even the Sid Barrett years. It just every from '66 to '77. That's the best era of Pink Floyd. I mean, I have the wall of stuff afterwards, but that ten-year period, they're just unstoppable. I mean, they um, they they broke the rules when it came to the album. I mean, they were progressive rock along the time before Pink Floyd, but. Um, when uh metal came out which is my favorite album uh and you hear echoes which is 23 minutes and it doesn't feel like 23 minutes that that's the amazing thing um and david gilmore is in my top five of my biggest influences on guitar and that guy's just killer i mean he's another one that his phrasing is is incredible he he, he doesn't he doesn't play a million notes like my other hero steve Vai, but um what every note that David Gilmore plays is amazing. You know, he'll play half the notes that I play, but they're all brilliant. And then Roger and Waters, that, that tone, you know, immediately that you're listening to oh. David Gilmore. I, I didn't, I first time I heard Give My Regards, uh, what, uh, No More Lonely Nights, yeah, McCartney on the oh, that's solo is killer. That's, like, ah, that's Gilmore. Oh, got the liner like, notes. Yep, that's Gilmore. It's like a milky fog. That's the only way to describe his tone. It's just so thick, and it's just yeah. Oh, so that's my number one is Pink Floyd. Well, and I'm I'm about to commit some blasphemy here in the Pink Floyd fans because uh, oh. I'm a casual fan. I'm a casual fan. Nothing nothing against them. Dig them, right? But I, I'm uh, Dark Side of the Moon is like up there. That that's like the uh, the this, uh, conventional wisdom number. I'm a huge huge fan, uh, and it was the first one after Roger Waters left. I love. Momentary lapse of reason. It's a good album, absolutely. It's a good album. Um, I that, my only complaints about the post Waters era is that you don't have that darkness and the edge to it because um, mm. he definitely brings that. The, the bitterness in him comes out on on tape, and uh, it's kind of. I love those albums. I love Pulse uh, and not Pulse, uh, Division Bell. Mm. Uh, that to me even sounded more like seventies Pink Floyd. Um, but um, well, speaking 66, of pulse, is the uh, red light on your live CD is that still flashing? No, mine only lasted about four years and it stopped. And then I um, I broke it, and so I went and bought another one. But th this one didn't have the damn thing on. I was so pissed. So it, so I'm I'm screwed. So yeah, it lasted about four years. Nineties gimmicks to get people to buy their CDs. Absolutely. Yeah. See, for me, Floyd, for me, Floyd is one of those bands that I, I again, I mentally file it under classic rock, and it right. just stays there. But then I, then I listen to it and think about it for five minutes, and I go, "This is absolutely progressive rock. Why have I never even considered that?" Right. You know. But they're, yeah, they're, yeah, of course, absolutely amazing. I mean, I, nothing I can say hasn't already been said about them. But yeah, they're absolutely amazing. And like you said about the Beatles, they, they really kind of laid down the template for prog rock. Yeah, absolutely. Going forward. What's your number one? Jim, to you for your number one, yes. 
Okay. I'm going to throw out a couple of uh, honorable mentions beforehand. Uh, sticks. Oh. Uh, so uh, good. Tool. Yep. And Jethro Tull. Yeah. And love yeah, love, love them all. Uh, but uh, my number one, it's, I mean, it's a really obvious pick. And again, I apologize to Eric if I'm stealing his, but uh, it's, it's, it's an obvious pick, but it's, but I cannot tell a lie. It's my absolute favorite prog rock band, Rush. Oh, yeah. They're f- absolutely fantastic. They're the band that got me into prog rock yep. uh, in high school. And, uh, you know, uh, I mean, I mean, favorite tune, Free Will. Never get tired of that one, but I mean, all their stuff is just amazing, uh, and uh, yeah, absolutely love them. Uh, my favorite tune is, has got to be Xanadu, hands down. That's my favorite. That's yeah, I one. never saw them because, um, like, when they came in the nineties, I was at, I was at university, and when they came another time, I was studying for my finals. So I never saw. I finally saw them on their last day of tour, twenty fifteen, and oh my god, was it worth it? It was just the only downside of that tour. I was I was at the last show in LA forum, and they played nothing from my favorite album by them, which is Power Windows. Now I realize it's blasphemy to prog rock people, but Power Windows Windows. balancing those fine lines between rock radio or pop rock radio and prog and Mr. Rhythm. The Manhattan Project, man, what a tune! Oh, that song is amazing. And, and even Big Money, I love. Big Money is just fantastic. My only, complaint, album. my only complaint about Rush in the 80s was that, uh, and this isn't Alex's fault, all guitarists did this, but he got away from the Gibsons and Les Pauls, and he went into the, um, you know, the Strat style, body style, and yeah. his, tone, his tone wasn't as good as it was then, but uh, but all guitarists did that. They, they sort of like, but that's a whole other story, so anyway, why? <laughs> I know why they did that because Gibson was crap in the eighties, but that's a different different show. So, um, but yeah, I love Power Windows. Power Windows is amazing for sure. Wait, wait, and yeah, no, no, no beef for me on that one, Jim, because I, I, I came in, I was more of an eighties guy and less on the Xanadu and the trees and all that stuff. But uh, again, it's Rush. Please, you can't, you can't go wrong. It's virtuoso in, in, in on, on every instrument, and and yeah, can't argue with Rush. For my honorable mentions, I'm going to throw a couple of uh, Dream Theater, oh. just to prove I have listened to music past the 80s. And uh, but Mike Portnoy is the sickest drummer that He's amazing. needs more attention. Well, I, I shouldn't say he needs more attention. How many super bands is he in, Brian? Yeah. Every week he's a different one. Every <laughs> week. Every week is different. John Petrucci, man, that guy is an amazing player. They have this one um, – DVD where they play in Japan and um, he does this long solo and he incorporates the uh, one, one of the themes from star Wars in it. And then he does um, George Harrison's within you, within me uh, in it. And then he does this long solo and I'm like, Jesus, and then, I don't know how he gets his energy. The guy's amazing. He's a monster. I, he's, he's, the, he's literally a mutant. That, that's the only explanation. Nobody should be allowed to play that good. Yeah, it's much, much love to Dream Theater. And uh, another band, they kind of walk the line between kraut rock and instrumental, but uh, Tangerine Dream. Oh, great. I got to know through soundtracks in the 80s, whether it was Risky Business or Thief, 
and a, an underappreciated movie. And I, we need to dedicate a show, as far as I'm concerned, to Three O'Clock High. But they did the music for that. Yeah. And just it, they they do what 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 a composer is supposed to do. And it's I remember scenes based off of what I'm hearing in my head right now. Absolutely, they did. Absolutely. So much love for Tangerine Dream. Before you do your number one, can I throw yeah. in a couple honorable mentions? I yeah, absolutely. It's all over the place, Brian, and you are our guest. Go. Uh, I would say Jethro Tull is one of my favorites. Um, uh, another band that I love that nobody really knows about is Nectar. Um, it's, it's, kind of, it's a British prog rock, but they don't get the, um, the praise they deserve. Uh, you've heard of them if you've ever watched the Jeffersons. Funny story. Oh, um, George, uh, Sherman Hemsley, who is George Jefferson, was a huge progressive rock fan. Huge. And he, is, he was good friends with all the guys from Yes and Rick, Rick Wakeman and everybody. But he loved this band Nectar, and he had their music sometimes on the show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, people always think I'm making that up. I'm like, no, no. It's that he loved progressive rock, you know. So uh, Nectar I love. Um, you mentioned Sticks, Jim. I love Sticks. Um, and uh, the other, what was the other Autumn I mentioned I was going to say? Um, uh, oh, uh, Caravan, which is another band that, uh, which, which is from the, uh, what they call um, Canterbury Sound in England. If you have never heard Caravan, Caravan is awesome. They are psychedelic progressive rock and they are great. And also Hawkwind. If you never listen to Hawkwind, I re- highly recommend Hawkwind. I've never heard them before. I'll have to give them a listen after. Ha- after ha- check out Hawkwind. And, and as Brian mentioned earlier, the Lemmy years, he left in what, 75, 76, somewhere 70, in 76, I think. Yeah. And yeah. It, it is so good. Uh, Hawkwind is amazing. It's such a great I actually, uh, good, good starter. I'd I say go to the song Hawkwind. Hawkwind or the song um, Silver Machine. Ooh, yes. Yeah, that, I always tell people to start with that because you you might know it because it's a lot of times in a lot of movies they use that song. Okay. So, um, Jim, well, yes, uh, Brian, I'll you, definitely uh, check that out. Jim, Jim doesn't know a lot about movies. <laughs> <laughs> That's well, a joke. See, Jim's on movie trivia with Jim. So, uh, so okay, do, you, do your number one, Eric. Do your number one. My number one is uh, it's. Well, I, I got one more uh, quick honorable mention. Uh, you brought up Trevor Trevor Raven earlier, but. Uh, when yes was kind of splintering, but Asia, oh yeah, uh, they're their first kind of Asia and then uh Alpha and Astra, those first three albums, and then when they came back, the uh Asia 30, the the triple X album, yes, brought that just brought back the, the voices. It, it, that, that again, for someone who's who was more suited for pop radio at the time, Asia was a nice gateway to going back into the older stuff, and absolutely. It's, uh, Love, love, love those guys, but uh, my my number one is uh, there. There, a lot of people think of them as, as just heavy metal, and they are one of the top, probably five, maybe they're in my top three heavy metal bands of all time, and the number two heavy metal voice of all time in Bruce Dickinson, Iron Maiden, absolutely is my my number one. I'm so glad you picked that. I'm so glad you picked that because. A lot of metalheads get mad at me for saying that they're they've been progressive metal since day one, but it's true. It's absolutely well, true. I, you know, again, the the, the 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 stories that you get within it from from Steve Harris and the in the writing, and, and just right. then Bruce Dickinson comes in and, and just and Power Slave, oh. really exploring the long the longer themed songs, and uh, especially in the twenty first century, they just they're they're following that muse more and more with each album. And the last two being double albums, Senjitsu 
as oh, much as I, I like you know, uh, Book of Souls, Senjutsu took it to the next level. And my, my favorite, I, I, I will listen to the like that 13, 14, 16 minute long songs. Oh, it's Iron Maiden, absolutely. That my favorite Iron Maiden song of all time is from Final Frontier and Isle of Avalon. Oh my yeah. god, what a yep. song! That's one of those songs I'm like, God damn, I wish I wrote that song. It is, <laughs> it is so good. It is, it, and, and what kills me is. They're like almost 50 years into their career and they're doing some of their best stuff ever. It's Absolutely. amazing. It's amazing. Nobody does that. Well, up the irons and, and I'm doing that. I think Marty, uh, if he were joining us tonight, uh, I, I was joking with Jim before, before we came, uh, before we started recording. And I think Marty's votes would have been Iron Maiden, Iron Maiden, and Iron Maiden, numbers three, <laughs> two, and one. Oh, love Maiden. Love Maiden. Well, with all the love we've just given, folks, we're now going to flip it. Oh, here on all over the place. And now we're going into a prog band that, no matter how much you try, no matter you know, it it just you just can't can't wrap your head around it. Brian, we go to you first. Mine is Porcupine Tree. I just I can't get into that band. I, I'll be honest with you. I'll be fair. It isn't Porcupine Tree. It's it's um what's his, the lead guy Steve. Uh, Who's the lead singer of? Uh, see, if Chris, this is Christine's band. If she were here, she 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 is. Uh, I'll look that leave the studio quickly, but yeah, she she would know. Um, I I try to get into them, and um, oh, Steve Wilson, Steve Wilson, that's it. I try to get into them. I, I can't get into it. Um, I think the band itself, other than Steve Wilson, they're a great band. Gavin, uh, uh, the drummer, is absolutely phenomenal. Like I said before, I saw him with uh, King Crimson. That dude's amazing. That dude is the soul of Porcupine Tree. But I can't get into them. They always seem like a kind of a watered-down version of Floyd. And Steve Wilson's mouth, <laughs> off the record, he's, a, he's obnoxious. He's obnoxious. Oh. He says stupid shit like, yeah, I can't get into Joe Satriani. I'd rather listen to David Gilmour. That, to me, tells me I'm pissed off because I can't play fast. Because <laughs> I used to have students like that. Oh, Steve Vai and Chaturani and Ingve have no soul. Bullshit. You just can't play that fast. You don't have the chops. You know? Work on your scales, boys. Work on your scales. And so when, when Wilson says shit like that, pisses me off. On the day Eddie Van Halen died, he made oh, don't, don't, don't. Oh. There's no Van Halen blasphemy in this house. I love Van Halen. Don't know. He, well, I know it's on you. You're, 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 you're going through someone else. I know. I know. He said nasty comments on the day he died. The day he died. I'm like, what the hell is your problem, dude? So the band is okay. He spoils it for me, if that makes sense. So that, that's my, my pick. So I would I say that about many bands. He is a good <laughs> producer, though. The, the, the reissues that he has done for Jethro Tull are very, very good. He should stick to that. That's my thing, so. Well, then when, I'm, when I when we're done, I'm going to go down. I'm going to throw on, on fair warning and just turn it up. The best Van Halen album of all time. In a word, duh. Yeah, uh, my, yeah fingers, had... my fingers hurt just thinking about that album. It's just <laughs> sickening. It's the shortest Van Halen album, but that just means you got to play it twice in a row. Oh, you just like like mean streets. It, 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 that, that album just rips your face off. That's the only, only way to describe it. It's just. This is this could be a whole other show. Favorite Van Halen songs. That'd be a four-hour show with me and Marty. 
But so, but for now though, we're going to skip it up to you, Jim, for your plus one. Okay. Well, first going back to, to Brian's point, I've had so many bands that, that have been spoiled for me by their lead singer shooting their mouth off about Absolutely. this or that. We could, we could probably do a whole three for about oh, that. Oh, that, that, that. That's a that show be, of itself too. That would be Absolutely. so the most bitter three for in history, but anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm probably, I'm probably going to, this is probably going to be blasphemy here, but I'm, I'm, my pick is going to be Tangerine Dream because I could never have never been able to get into them. Yeah. They're, you know, I know a lot of people love them. They're, you know, they're, they're, they're insanely talented. I'm not, I'm not, you know, saying anything ill about that. They're just a little bit too out there for me, a little bit too uh, psychedelic, I guess. They're just not my style. Uh, so I've never really, just never really been, been able to get into them. And yeah, they're on a lot of great soundtracks, but like them being on Michael Mann's Thief, is one of the weirdest soundtrack inclusions in history. Like so incongruous with, with the tone of the, the, the film that it always takes me out of that movie. Yeah. So just one of those things, it just, it's just bizarre. Uh, <clears throat> so they're just, I've just never been able to get into them. I, I'm, I, I can't, I can't really dig with them, but. I, I think uh, they're, they're one of those bands like King Crimson. You either love them or you hate them. Right. That's it. You know, but I agree with you about, about the thief. I mean, a good, um, it, like you said, it depends on the person, but a, a good songsmith, if you're doing a soundtrack for an album, you don't want to overtake the movie itself. And right. and and like you said, it sort of it takes you out of it sometimes with that. So I get it. No, I right. agree. And, well, that, that was what that was Michael Mann's first movie, right, Jim? Thief? I believe so, yeah. I think well okay. Manhunter might have been Manhunter might have been the year before that. I can't remember. No, no, Man, Manhunter, I was Manhunter say, was Manhunter, couple- he he got himself Square away because Thief was early '80s, Manhunter was '86, maybe '87. If I'm, but you know that that okay. range, yeah. But Thief was first, and then Manhunter was second. So at least music-wise, he at least got his head on straight with who he brought in for Manhunter. Oh, absolutely, and pretty much every movie after the soundtracks too. I mean, Heat and uh, Public Enemies and all of those are just absolutely incredible. Yeah, I this I have no other beef with with any of his other soundtracks. It just that one to me just was just a bizarre took, inclusion yeah. in, that, in, that, in a gritty crime, crime movie. So, yeah. Oh, and be, before I, I go to my plus one, which I'm, is going to ruffle some feathers, it will. Uh, I want to give another of Christine's. This would be an honorable mention for hers. I think she was going to say. Just because again, limited doses, explosions in the sky. Uh, a lot of soundtrack work for them as well, but just they start meandering. She's limited doses for Christine, so I know she's going to bring them up as a uh, a uh, an honorable mention. But that now now we move on to my plus one, and this is uh, Emerson Lake and Palmer ELP. I uh, hear me out on this one though, Brian. Hear I gotta go. See ya. Hear me out. <laughs> Oh, pull to Marty. Uh, yep. <laughs> and like you said earlier, and your praise of that, and I will praise their individual talents. Mm-hmm. Emerson, I mean, and, and Cozy Powell. Geez, that guy is sick. Oh, rest um, in peace, man. What there's a, great a reason moment. he's brought in. Why Phil Collins brought him in for his first two solo up. Phil's a drummer. I'm sorry, I'm not, not Phil Collins. Uh, okay, I'm getting confused. Robert Plant brought him in. He brought in Phil Collins and Cozy Powell. That's how much he respected both of those guys for his first, first two solo albums. Yeah. Uh, and Cozy may have crept into uh, the third one. I can't remember. But uh, yeah, off the topic, real quick, the uh, you know another hump, uh, honorable mention that I consider progressive rock is Rainbow, the early years. Yeah. And uh, Cozy Powell on those albums is just a monster. Oh my God. 
And so for me, and with ELP, the sum of the parts never worked for me together. I get it. But but individually, got the, every one of those guys are at the top of, of their class. Right. And deserve the kudos, kudos for playing shit. It's, you can't beat it. But uh, coming together, ELP, I've tried, you know, the, the one to two songs they even had on the radio. Yeah. But prog friends of mine through the years have, have tried to nudge me in their direction. I tried. I really tried. But uh, SEP here, not a fan of ELP. <laughs> I forgive you. I'll but, you with OPP. <laughs> <laughs> but folks, but that's a lot of prog rock bands. And we only had overlap on one right. band. Brian and I just overlapped on Yes. Right. Both yeah, yeah, that, that was a nice, a nice mixture of people, definitely. I'm glad you mentioned Sticks, Jim, because that's a band that, again, gets thrown into classic rock. But that is a progressive rock band since since the first album. Oh, you know, for especially, sure. Especially their '70s stuff, um, like Pieces of Eight. I mean, they're all over the place. It's just such a good band. Um, and and Tommy Shaw's guitar tone is just, hmm. you know, as soon as Tommy Shaw starts playing, you know exactly who it is. Such a good player, such a good band. Well, while we're while we're in that that mood, that that, that straddling the line between classic rock and prog rock in that era, Brian, where where do you put pre Steve Perry Journey? Uh, I would put them more in the f- fusion. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that'd be a better better description. Yeah. Because uh, you know it, they almost have like a Jeff Beck um, blow by blow and wired vibe to them on those albums. I love those albums. Those albums don't get enough praise. And uh, Neil Sean is just a man, that guy can play guitar. Like nobody's business. Every day on Twitter, he puts like these little clips of him just pr- warming up and I'm like, holy shit. I gotta go practice. <laughs> you know? you and, bastard. Uh, yeah, yeah. So but I would that that era is so good. But I would consider that because he forget you forget, you know, Neil Sean started with Santana. Right. So he has that jazzy fusion built into him. So I think he carried a lot of that over to journey, the early journey stuff. So I would say like fusion-y Jeff Beck era. I mean, that's yeah. where I'd put them. <laughs> but they're really good. That that those albums don't get the attention they deserve. The era of the eight track. Good I still time. have eight tracks. <laughs> there, there I go dating myself again. But well, folks, again, thanks for listening tonight Thank all you. over the place. Brian Urso of Gideon's Mob, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Brad. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Then, nice to meet you, Jim. Thanks, Brian. Yeah, good to meet you. Gideonsmobband.com, G-I-D-E-O-N-S-M-O-B-B-A-N-D.com. Right. Thanks, thanks again, everyone, for listening all over the place. On behalf of Christine and Marty, thanks a lot, everybody. Take care. We'll be back real soon. Thanks, guys. You've been listening to All Over the Place, the official podcast of Media Pub Live. If you like what you've been listening to, and you know you have, be sure to share it with friends and family, social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, wherever. Content contained herein have been the opinions of the hosts, the producer, and the guests only. You have listened at your own risk.